Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the, full, the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullroot and I am uh, very happy... Um, to be doing uh, this uh, show today. Uh, today we have a special guest, Mr. Chris Harris of Harris Football. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and say hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, how, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. All right. So why don't we, uh, just to kind of get started for, for some of our audience who maybe doesn't know exactly who you are, if you could kind of give us a, a kind of a, a roundabout kind of where uh, – kind of how you got your start in fantasy football and kind of uh, where your journey has taken you. I'm outraged by the notion that people wouldn't know who I am. That, first of all, very offended. Um, <laughs> I, I worked at uh, ESPN for eight years. I was sort of part of the beginnings of fantasy football uh, growing at ESPN. And then about four years ago, I left and started my own show, which um, is five days a week. And people can find it at harrisfootball.com. And uh, now we have a YouTube show as well, um, and so yeah, things are things are good. All right, where where did you get your start? When did you start playing fantasy football? I def I, I actually played fantasy baseball first, and then um, after a couple of years of that in high school, then played one year of fantasy football maybe, but then got away from it, and maybe I got back into it like late '90s or something like this. A little you know a little later. Uh, certainly wasn't doing this for a living. There wasn't really a way to do it for a living that I knew of at the time, but um, maybe it was a, f a way to get uh, like disparate friends to to get together. And actually, usually back then, it kind of was getting together. There weren't a ton of tools where you could like video chat and stuff to, to you know to do drafts. So um, yeah, I mean, I think I probably got got going like everybody else. Yeah, back back then a lot of the a lot of the uh, the actual you know tracking everything you actually had to go into the newspaper to find your stats and everything, didn't you? I mean, not by the late '90s. I think, but yeah, before that, yeah, I think by the late '90s we were doing scoring online. It wasn't maybe the most sophisticated. No, but, I, yeah. I when I first I think the first year that I played fantasy football I was probably when I was in college around 2002 or 2003. I think I played one or two seasons. I think I even dabbled in in fantasy hockey. And then, you know, got out of it for a little while and then really jumped back into it about uh, five, six years ago. So, all right. So for you, when you're doing your fantasy research, when you're kind of putting together like your draft guide and all that kind of stuff, what are what are your main methods of research? Because they're, they're film guys. There are guys that their main thing is stats. There are guys that do a combination of the two. What's what's kind of your bread and butter when you're really digging into your research for for fantasy football? Well, I think you know the answer that you quite. You shouldn't ask questions. Then the, <laughs> I'm I'm such a snob about film, right? <laughs> you you can't be I, asking questions and the answer to. I know. Well, I know the answer to that, but yeah. maybe some of our listeners don't. No, I'm sure they don't. Why would they? Um, yeah, no, I am. I'm a film snob for sure. Actually, I'm a film snob in a couple different ways. If you if you get my get my drift, yeah. talk about that on the podcast sometimes too. Uh, but no, I, I you know I. I I'm the, a big believer in metrics and analytics in most every other sport, to be honest. I mean, I used to cover baseball, and I certainly believed in all of the batter, body, batter, excuse me, batting average on balls in play and uh, expected 
ERAs and fielding into fielding into fielding independent stats. It's not like I'm an anti-analytics person. The problem just is that the analytics in football stink. And the reason <laughs> is just because it's not as repeatable. It's nowhere near as repeatable an interaction. You know, the wonderful thing about baseball numbers is that it's batter versus pitcher 600 times a season. And you yeah. just get great data. And in the NFL, you just don't get good data at all. It's chaos. It's 11 on 11. And, you know, left tackle falls down. It's a minus three. It, right defensive end falls down it's 100 yards and either way you know your yards per carry gets skewed so much that it just becomes sort of meaningless statistics in football are really good descriptors of what happened previously but they're awful predicting what's going to happen there really isn't a way of predicting what's going to happen i for years and years at espn i did stat projections going into the season like what was in the game were my stat projections and I'll tell you right now, I sat there and was like, I guess he's going to get 32% of the targets, but I didn't really know. You know what I, I guess he's going to get 63% of the carries, but I was just making that up because I don't really know because <laughs> none of us do. And so I feel like my way of analysis is much more about eliminating the things that I don't think are all that predictive, that are, that are way too noisy and not enough signal. And that would include work workload prediction depth chart prediction whether the offense is going to be a really good or whether the defense is going to be bad and whether you know all the stuff that changes so much from year to year i try of course you can't completely get away from it but you're try i try my best to get away from it and assess players on the basis of whether they're good whether they're exceptional whether they're the kind of talent that drives the bus uh, you know, of a good offense that makes an offense good or whether they're the kind of player where, you know, the kind of offense around them needs to be good. And then maybe if the workload works out, like, okay, cool, they could wind up being good for our fantasy teams. So I'm very much about trying to evaluate talent above all else. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a, an amateur film studier, um, most of the film that I've, that I've studied uh, is, you know, when we're, when we're doing our interviews with, with, uh, some of the college play-by-play guys about players coming into the NFL draft, and that's you know that's where I've done most of my research about players. Uh, there, you know, there are stats available, but not quite to you know the extent of you know for the NFL. And and going to what you were saying about you know stats can lie. Um, you know, look at Derrick Henry for one from this last year, um, or or even uh, God, what's another one? Amari Cooper, where you know these two guys were you know top fifteen in their position. However. If you take away, you know, four games from each of them, they're in the, you know, running back 40 and, and wide receiver 35. So just I, I can I definitely can see what you're saying about film and how and how actually seeing what is going on. And then when it comes to predicting what's going to happen next year, you really just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it's kind of is fantasy baseball is for. um you know, I don't even play fantasy baseball anymore, but it, it definitely the, the best the people who were best and most attentive when I played fantasy baseball had a better chance of winning. It wasn't random. It wasn't as random. And it feels to me like I always say this. I mean, fantasy football is a lot like poker. Yeah. Right. You, you sort of there's only so much you can do until you get cards. You can you can be a good card player. You can know what you're supposed to do. You can be disciplined. You can, But if at some point you don't get pocket aces, you're probably going to go down. You know, at some yeah. point. It, most of the time it requires some luck. And so if, whether that's 50% luck, I don't know. Um, I do think to, to analyze talent as best we can. Cause again, that's still obviously subjective. I and mean, I think a lot of people don't like that because it's squishy, you know, yeah. your pro yep. football focus does a really good job 
they're trying to turn subjective analysis into a number seven point. He's a 7.2. And I go, oh, what's a 7.2? What does that mean? <laughs> but I, I really admire what they're doing. I, I, can, I mean, it's a, it's a massive scaled project. I sort of do what they do, but in miniature and it's much more squishy with what I do. But in the end, we need to realize that it's all still based on subjectivity and we might be wrong. And sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, all year I'm telling people, Aaron Jones is just a better running back than Jamal Williams. But in the end, the Packers, Mike McCarthy, somebody didn't really trust Aaron Jones. And I can't really question that. There's, I don't know those guys interpersonally. I can't really believe what's said about, you know, by coaches or in locker rooms. You know, I, I think it's all sort of misinformation. The, the, the truth is in what winds up happening and what the abilities are of the players. I'm going to do my best to tell people about that, to gauge that. I think that's where the best path to having a, a winning fantasy team is, but certainly nothing is bulletproof. Exactly. All right. So let's go into since you you know you you've dug into the film and everything. Who yeah. are two to three players that you have differing opinions on than say the rest of the fantasy community? Well, I don't have an answer for you. And awesome. the answer is because we're, I know a great <laughs> podcast, but we're we are recording on August third, and as sort of a running uh, known thing on my podcast is I do not look at average draft position, not until mid August. I will not look at it. That's um, fair. That's I can fair. tell. And the reason simply, be, I mean, we'll, we'll talk players in a second, but yeah. the, the truth is I'm ignorant. I'm the most ignorant guest you're going to have about the fantasy football market until mid-August because I really try to put blinders on and keep my opinion, be my opinion, opinion, because you know what? I know what it's like. I know the moment I look at the ADP and I go, whoa, I'm way higher than that guy. I wonder if I'm wrong. And then, I, then I'm, I'm looking for a reason to lower him. I'm looking for a reason to raise the guy that the market likes more than I do. Oh, wow. There was one nice thing said about him in, in camp. Cool. He's 10 spots higher. Right. And at some point I will have to be brainwashed by the market the way everybody <laughs> else does. But at, at the beginning, I really try to just for the sake of the show and getting my, getting what I think about players out there. I try not to be affected by it, but I'm not going to be naive and not understand that. Listen, people have been coming on my show and telling me I'm high and low on players. So I can tell you <laughs> like, uh, so I can tell you like, for example, uh, Todd Gurley, I am, he's my RB four at the moment. Okay. It's the first couple of days of August. So yep. I'm willing, yep. you know, it has to, that rank has downward mobility, but I like when stories get out of control and when everybody just decides that his leg is hanging on by one thread and that he's <laughs> definitely going to get hurt and that and that therefore he's a you know mid to late second round pick which is what i'm being told you know when people come on my show so obviously i'm way higher than that um and i'm this is a hugely risk embracing take it's a I yes. mean, nobody, I don't need to convince anybody that Gurley's a good player obviously we no. all know he's a good player it's all about his knee and my feeling is that if the rams manage him if they take him down from, you know, 26, 27, 20, 28 touches a game, which is what he was getting the beginning of last year before he started yeah. having knee problems and take it down to 16, 17, 18, that he'll still score double digit touchdowns. He'll still be 12, 13, 1400 yards. Someone else will be pretty good on that team too. There might be some frustrating weeks, but he'll produce very well. And I think that's the plan. I think that's the logical plan. I don't know what the Rams are really going to do, but it's the logical plan with someone who, who's great, but who has knee issues. So I am... Clearly, even though I don't know specifically what the market says about Gurley, I'm clearly higher on Gurley. Okay, yeah, I think that uh, you know, if, even if you look at uh, you know the rankings on on our our website, I think I've got, I think I've got twelve, thirteen of my writers who have all put in rankings, and he's ranked anywhere from like running back two 
or three to like running back like seventeen. So I mean, it's it's all over the place. And and I I can I just say that I love the fact that you don't look that you do your best to just be put on the blinders, think what you think, and you know who cares what anyone else says. So I mean I'm I'm super noble. Obviously I'm incredibly uh, <laughs> have have a, have an awful lot of integrity. But clearly that goes away. It'll it'll be like a couple like two and two weeks, two and a half weeks or something, and then yeah. I have to, I have to, you know, people really aren't doing drafts right now, and they or they shouldn't be. They should so be. Yeah. It it feels like this is the time to kind of give what your what your ranks are, and then and then mid mid August is the time to give where you think value is, right? You look at yeah. you look at what the market's doing, and you go, oh, cool, or I think that's wrong, you know, and then you sort of go from there. Okay. Uh, do you have uh, maybe one more player that you're that you're looking that uh, you could discuss? Um, let's see, you know, I mean, the, 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 what comes to mind, I've, I just, so I just did a mock draft with the Roto World guys on, I don't remember what day it was Thursday. And I picked maybe fifth, sixth, seventh, I think maybe seventh. And, um, Gurley was my best available on my list, but I knew the room. I knew the guys. So I took Le'Veon Bell and that feels like it's funny when I first put out ranks back right after the NFL draft happened, yeah. um, there was, it seemed to me the reaction to my ranks was, wow, you're crazy going that high on Le'Veon Bell. You're crazy. It's the jets. It's you're crazy. My, I haven't gotten as much crazy on Le'Veon Bell lately. So again, I don't know what his ADP is, but I, I'm going to guess it's gotten a little bit higher. And even though I have Gurley four and Bell five, I took Bell before I took Gurley, and knowing that when it came around this, or thinking that when it came around the second round, that I would still be able to get Gurley. So I, I did do the Bell Gurley thing, and uh, again, like my my reason, if 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 my reasoning for someone like Le'Veon Bell, if the prime reason to not like him, is ever, I'm scared of the new team. What if they're bad? What if they're? I try to brainwash myself because I just don't think we know. I don't think. Do I? Yes. Do I know that um, there's a worse quarterback situation with the Jets than the Steelers? Yes. That I am. I evaluate talent, and I will say that yes, Sam yeah. Ra- Sam Darnold is worse than Ben Roethlisberger. Is the offensive line likely worse? I mean, it, it may have gotten a lot better, but you know, Kevin Zeitler's uh, no, Kevin Zeitler weren't the Giants, but they got they got a better offensive line. Um, Didn't uh, was it was it Khalil just came out of out of uh, retirement to yeah, play we'll center? See. So, and again, that's the guy that we'll we'll see what 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 yeah. effect that has. Yeah. But um, but but if you know, the reasons to be scared of Le'Veon Bell would be new team. I don't want to be scared of, of that, and then also I, you're off. Which okay, legitimately, you know, I'm now 28 or whatever I am, and I have I haven't played in a year. Okay, but I, I mean, I could make the argument that says he's this a fresh silver be. But um, yeah, so I'm, you know, that was kind of a for me a kind of a dream first two rounds to go Bell Gurley. Okay. Um. All right. So here's. We have we have a bunch of we kind of tailor some of our some of our content to newer players and so sure. if you could if there's like one or two tips that you could give to a new fantasy player, um, say one tip for during the draft and then one tip for in season. So for during the draft, what's one tip that you would give to a new fantasy player? Um, new new fantasy player, I'd say. Uh, you know, provided that it's a, you know, a single quarterback league where you're starting only one quarterback, uh, wait like crazy on your quarterback, wait till the double digit rounds. If you can let everybody else take a quarterback, it doesn't really matter. You, you, 
it's much smarter to load up in in theory it's much smarter to load up on scarcer positions yes. to give yourself options when when your running backs and your wide receivers start to get injured so i think my default would always be try to take the quarterback really late try to take the tight end really late and always 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 if your league still has defenses and kickers that's your second to the last pick and your and last, last pick, pick no matter what don't be taking the bears defense in the ninth round <laughs> there's no point we don't know what's going to happen with defenses let alone kickers who are completely random i mean i guess maybe my first piece of advice would be get out of a league that use kickers still but <laughs> still use them but no i mean is there a point in my draft where i want to take pat mahomes sure like if i get down to the fifth round and pat mahomes is still there then i'm fine taking mahomes and in fact the draft that i was talking the roto world draft that i did the other day it wasn't Mahomes that I got, but it was like the sixth or the seventh round. And when you're drafting with all wise guys, nobody's taking quarterbacks. Yeah. Like it's all the all the yep. experts, nobody takes a quarterback. And so I took Aaron Rodgers in like the seventh round, right? So Oof. I don't I don't mind at some point eventually taking yeah. the, the less scarce position, but I'm gonna definitely try to get my starters at the other positions first. Uh, that would be my sort of my my, my most basic um, feeling about during the draft. And then hmm, during the during the season. Be patient early. You know, you, you drafted players for a reason. If there isn't an obvious injury, if there isn't an obvious complete depth chart change up, then you know, give yourself don't don't be making haywire trades the first week just because somebody didn't perform well. Like, give yourself give your team a few weeks before you hit the panic button on anything. Don't be dropping players that you expected to be good because they had one or two bad games. Um, Julio Jones didn't score a touchdown last year until whatever it was week eight or nine or something and then wound up scoring 11 or whatever it was nine um like you know you're if you as if you abide by the notion of picking good players picking the best players you can during your draft then give them a chance to be the best players during the season yeah i'd have to agree with that i was one of those guys who was trying to get julio jones from someone else hoping that he would bite on the fact that Julio Jones hadn't scored a touchdown and had a was having an okay season but not great, hadn't gotten into the end zone, was trying to, you know, was trying to lure players like that away and, you know, wasn't able to get anyone to bite. Um and and in terms of I think another guy that went along with that that kind of theory in terms of, you know, don't just drop him right away was Larry Fitzgerald. You know, very, very rough season for the Arizona Cardinals in general last year. Um, and he was one of those guys, I think in the end finished around running back or wide receiver, like 25 or so. Um, but it took a while for him to actually, you know, for a connection to actually get made between him and Josh Rosen and just, you know, the whole Arizona team for the most part to really get going. So that's, you know, that's another guy that, you know, I ended up dropping after I think it was five or six weeks. And by then I had other options to go with. So, but yeah, I, I definitely, I'm definitely with you on, on, you know, you drafted guys because you thought they were going to be good. So give them a chance to, to show what they've got. Right. All right. So that's kind of our fantasy questions. So we're, we'll go ahead and do this one, the, our fun question that we're doing with uh, all of our guests this year. Um, cheese sticks. Do you peel or do you bite? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a big cheese stick guy, to be honest. Um, but I definitely don't peel. I I don't think I have ever even heard of that. Is that a big thing? Peeling I, cheese sticks? <laughs> yes, actually, because because of mo mozzarella the way it's made, it actually it actually peels very very well. So it, that's why they call it string cheese, is because you can peel it off in like little oh. strings. You know what? For some reason, cheese sticks to me, or this is like cheddar. Where my head goes. I thought we were talking about like the, the appetizer that's super fried. 
Okay. So, <laughs> string cheese, do you bite it or do you peel it? Yeah, I again, probably I that would be I would be a lot more likely to eat that, but I think I bite I would be more apt to bite. But I think it would be fun to peel. Maybe I need to get some just to, for, to do a little peeling experiment. Uh, yeah, here's the, I have three kids. Okay. Two two of them are peelers, one's a biter. So, I mean, it's it, it's all just, you know, my my two of them like to just peel each individual strand that they can get off the mozzarella stick while they only just, I have no time for this. Just shove it in and go. So, um, so I, just so alarming that my head immediately goes to something that's extremely bad for you and deep fried. Uh, well, it's usually, you know, usually for me, that's kind of where my head goes is, is, you know, the deep fried, the, the, the heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, cheese sticks yeah yeah, yeah. all right so um, I want to give you just a go ahead and uh, take a couple minutes uh, to kind of you have a, a draft guide of your own called the players almanac kind of give a give us a little bit of a description of what it is and where people can get it yeah, uh, HarrisonBall.com. Everything. If people are not not knowing me, which I have again, heaven forbid, the idea that anybody <laughs> could not know me. That I'm, there are thousands and thousands of people listening who don't know me. Um, HarrisonBall.com is where everything is. Uh, I do every summer spend like two and a half months writing profiles for about 240 players. A lot. I spend the summer watching rewatching game film. My, my shtick during the season is that I watch every game and then on the podcast I talk about what happened in each game. Um, and then, of course, by the time May comes, I've completely forgotten everything I watched. So I rewatch <laughs> a lot of film on everybody and write. It's, I mean, it's a PDF. It's uh, 250 pages or something. And it's got, you know, 240 player profiles and film grades and a lot of uh, snarky comments about a lot of the players. And, um, you know, we sell a lot of them and, and people seem to like them. All right. Well, again, this is a, this has been a, a lot of fun for me to to do this interview and to to speak with you, Chris. I want to thank you for uh, for coming on the show and and talking a little fantasy football with us. Of course. Thank you so much for asking me. Not a problem. All right, guys. We want to thank you again for for uh, for listening into the podcast today, and we hope you guys have a great week. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.